At First Baptist Church, our mission is to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and to lead all others to a joyful life with Him. Our hope is that you will encounter Jesus Christ in such a way that you will have joyful news to go and tell. Let's turn our attention to our reverse text for this week, Galatians 5, 16 through 26. If you would find that in your bulletin, we're going to read this aloud together. This then is the text for today. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. May God bless the reading of His Word. As you open the pages of Scripture, something dramatic happens. That these words on these pages work in a holy way, in a way that is real, in a way that's personal. That as you flip through the pages of Scripture, Something happens to the individual. It's deep and holy. This book that we read together is the Word of God. Now, our, our Scripture does something that we regularly neglect to do. You see, the, the Bible has, has no problem shining this spotlight directly onto our lives, illuminating every aspect of it. You see, there's something in us that never wants that to happen. That there are pieces of our heart, there are parts of our beings, there are characteristics that we know of ourselves that we never want illuminated. But, but one of the the wonderful things of Scripture 
that we often run away from is that as we turn through these pages, there is this beam of light from the heavens that takes away every shadow of our heart, that, that, that pushes out all of the darkness in our minds so that the light reigns true. You see, the words of Scripture will highlight every areas of our lives that we don't want exposed to anyone. Sometimes areas of our lives that, that we don't even want to admit to ourselves. But as Scripture stands, the truth of the words of God, it illuminates even that which we don't want illuminated. It's one of the terrible difficulties of coming near to God, that when we come near to God and His glory shines forth, every one of our flaws are exposed. And we find this excruciating uh, to the point that, that some of us close the Scripture and refuse to return to them because of that which was exposed by the light of our Lord. At some points, when we come to these words, it seems to become unpleasant and far more intrusive than we expected them to be. See, this, one of the promises of the Spirit of God is that when we listen, God will start to reveal areas of our lives that need God's transformational touch. And there are going to be many aspects of your life that need the holy presence of God to redeem and to heal. All of us hold problematic things deep into our hearts And God's Spirit won't let us keep them away. God's Spirit brings them out into the forefront so that by the hand of God we might be healed. Their hidden behaviors, private thoughts, learned characteristics that are not who God created us to be, that have taken root in our hearts, that need to be uprooted, ripped out, and thrown into the fire. Scripture teaches that this is every one of us. Not one of us are exempt save Jesus Christ himself, but every one of us have have something deep formed within us, like like a cancer destroying us from the inside out, sins that manifest themselves in all kinds of different ways. And Scripture helps us see the symptoms of that deeply rooted sin. One of the places that we see this is through, throughout the Scripture, there are these vice lists, lists of, of sins that help us understand the symptoms of sin in our heart. There are several different places that we see them in Paul's letters, including today as titled Deeds of the Flesh. And, and today, as we come to these deeds of the flesh, we see this list of 15 terrible symptoms of this cancerous sin that's taken root in our bodies that's destroying us from the inside out 
He says, here are 15 symptoms. And then ends with the phrase, and things like these. That this is not an exhaustive list, but an example of the awful things that come from our flesh and the sin that's deeply rooted in us. Awful things that each one of us are capable of. And inevitably, when we come to texts like this, when we come to to vice lists, we have to have this warning that naturally our inclination is to say, these vice lists are for them. These vice lists are for someone else. When in reality, it's just the opposite, that these vice lists are for me, they're for us, that, that these speak into our hearts and our lives. It's not just for them. More particularly, it is for you. Now, I'm not going to go through all 15 of these in this time, but there's a couple of scholars that suggest it's, it's maybe good to take this in four different categories, that we divide this list into four different categories, and, and we'll deal with it in that way. And the first category, the first three things in this list are sexual sins, which in the Greek, that, that first one it's, it's pornea. It's where we get the word pornography, but it's more general than that. Right? They got the word prostitution from that word, but it's really not that specific. These, these terms together are in this sense when we are left to our own devices, sexual sin and sexual perversion runs rampant. When we're, we're left to our flesh and our own ways, this becomes a significant issue for all of humanity. And that we all run in sexual waywardness in all kinds of varieties. Again, not just them, us. You see, there's a good intention of God with sex that humanity will always push too far. And so the first three on this list deal with that humanity going way too far and perverting that which God intended. Now, the next two on the list, Galatians, in the Galatians 5 list, are directly, sins directly against God, idolatry, sorcery, that we have this tendency when we're left to ourself, apart from the scriptures, we begin to worship anything and everything other than God. We begin to worship things like money. We begin to worship things like self. We begin to worship things like country. We begin to worship things that we hold dear to our heart and anything that we elevate above God and who God is becomes an idol to us. That if we believe in a creator of the universe, it's ridiculous to put anything ahead of him in our priority. The next eight things on this list, as you work through that vice list, the, the next eight things are ways that we hurt each other in community. It, it's the opposite of the second greatest commandment that we know to love your neighbor as yourself. The next eight things on the list are all kinds of different ways that we fight and we're hostile with one another. That when we are left to ourselves and when we work in the flesh, when, when sinful people gather, this is what happens. By and large, we hurt one another. By and large, we knock each other down. That, that this, is, this is moving to push people out of the way so that I might succeed, so that I might have more, so that I might have power, so that I might have something else. That I will step on anyone and everyone to get them out of my way so that I can have what I want. See, these are descriptions, those next eight on the list of ways we're just mean to each other. 
Earlier in the text, Paul talks about us biting and devouring one another with our words, even in the church, that when we're left to ourselves, we will chew each other up and spit each other out without care for our neighbor. The final two here on the list is interesting. He begins with sexuality and ends with alcohol. The final two are alcohol-based. It's an overindulgence in alcohol that that, that alcohol is, is a poison and your body can handle small amounts of that poison, but we have this tendency to go way too far. And you zoom out from those and you see the, the sin of gluttony that we overindulge in everything, particular here he's talking about alcohol, but we overindulge in anything that we get our hands on. That, that, is, that is when we're left to our own devices, when we're left to ourself and our flesh, we always want more. It's the more, more, more of anything that we have to the point that we will destroy ourselves to get more of that which we want. You see, the, the difficulty with Scripture is Scripture has no problem pointing out these areas of your life, whatever they are. That, that Scripture will shine the spotlight on your sexual sins, on your idolatry. Scripture will shine a spotlight on your meanness and on your gluttony. And as the scripture shines the light on these things, we typically have the same reaction. It's the, the reaction we, we do like this. It's like when you're out in the dark where you're out camping or something and, and someone shines a flashlight in your face where we, we react by, by shutting it down and, and pushing it away. Get that light out of my face. But when you're in the dark, what you need is the light. And... Let me say this, this would be the worst book ever written if that is where the story ended. If this was a, a story, 66 books of human failure over and over again, it wouldn't be worth much. It wouldn't be the greatest book ever printed if that's where this story remained. You see, we see human failure everywhere. We, we don't have to talk any longer about human failure. We don't have to talk much longer about the failure that's in your heart because we can look out the windows and see human failure all over the place. We can look in the mirror and we can see human failure. If that's where we stopped, this wouldn't be worth our time. That's not where this story stops. In fact, that's only the beginning. The recognition of your failure is the first step towards Jesus and the grand reality of God. You see, the second list that we get here in Galatians 5 is, is very different from the first, seems to contrast in exact opposites. The, the first is, is called the deeds of the flesh. And take that note uh, of that word deeds in particular, that when it's in our effort and when we're doing the work, these things that are listed is inevitably what it always ends up with. Meanness or gluttony or idolatry or perversion. Right? When, when we're left to our own effort, if it's up to us, if it's up to our strength to get things done, if it's up to our strength to make things right, that's where it always will end up. Human effort ends up in those places. That's what we produce. The second list, though, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's what God produces. It's not, it's not what we produce in and of ourselves, but what God produces. This is the fruit of the work of the Spirit of God. 
And anywhere we see that in life, on this earth, around us, in our heart, anywhere we see the fruit of the Spirit, that is the miraculous work of the hand of God and nothing else when we see these things. Fruit of the Spirit, I hope you know them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. See, this is, this is a picture of what it looks like when the Spirit of God is in someone's heart, when the Spirit of God has taken over our lives. And it's not so much about what we do, but how it's done. It isn't so much about the work, but it's about the attitude, love, joy, peace, patience, right? Whether, whether you're at work or you're, you're in the hospital or, or you're, you're shopping or you're, you're, you're camping, it doesn't, doesn't matter where you find yourself. It doesn't matter what you find yourself doing, but in each and everything that you do, the Spirit of God is present and these kinds of things come up. Kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that's what you see. That's the Spirit of God moving. That's the Spirit of God at work. See, the difficulty here, in, in, there's a special connotation with several of these, but, but really it's all of them. We're, we're not talking about when things are well. Any, anybody can put on a smile. Anyone can seem joyful. Anyone can seem patient when things are going well. The, 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 the real test here is in the, the, the great difficulties of life and the, the biggest struggles that we will face, that, that in the midst of the deepest pain, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God still produces these things in this world and in your heart, love and joy and peace and patience. That, that is the great miracle of God, that gentleness happens when you are at an end in the greatest turmoil of your life. That is the Spirit of God at work. See, to be clear, these kinds of things, goodness and self-control and gentleness and faithfulness, these, these aren't things that we can just conjure up on our own, especially in difficulty. Now, you might be able to fake them for short periods of time, but for these kinds of things to, to remain with any lasting degree, it is a miracle of the Spirit of God. And we need to celebrate them as such. Anytime you see love or joy or peace or patience or kindness or, or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control, the Spirit of God is moving. Don't look away, but run towards that light because the Spirit of God is moving. So inevitably, we, we have to ask ourselves then this question. So how, how do I get from the deeds of the flesh. How do, how do I move from the deeds of the flesh to the fruit of the Spirit? How, how, do, I, how do I make that transition? And, and the, the Bible give, gives the answer, and the answer is clear. That's what this whole book is about. That, that, is, that is the good news, right? We, we don't want the light shining in our face, but once our eyes adjust, the gospel is clear. It's not just a spotlight on the dark corners of our mind, but the remedy. And the great joy 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ is you don't have to do anything. God doesn't need your effort. Your, your salvation and this fruit of the Spirit is not a matter of your ability. It's not a matter of your accomplishment. This is not a matter of who you are. These things are directly of the Spirit of God and of the work of Jesus Christ. This is not of you. And that's good news. You know, there, there's nothing you can do to force your switch in your character. You know, e- even if you, if you really wanted to, there, there's nothing that you can do to make this happen. In fact, the Bible says don't do anything. The Bible says believe. That if you believe, this change will occur. So then we ask the question, believe in what? What am I to believe on? And we've been learning all through Galatians that what we believe in is the crucified Christ. What do, you, what do you believe about who Jesus is and what do you believe about Jesus' work on the cross that if you believe in Jesus' work at the cross, if you believe the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was the pivotal moment of human history, that his sacrifice on the cross was the complete work necessary for the forgiveness of your sins, then you are right and righteous. That what I believe in is his effort, not my effort. What I believe in is God's ability to transform, not my own. What I believe in is all the effort that was necessary for the salvation of any of us was the work that was accomplished on Golgotha, the cross of Jesus Christ. That was the work necessary. And the transformation happens by the power of the Spirit in me. Then we're good. You know, sometimes... Um, Scripture says, repent and believe. Acknowledging that I can't do this on my own. Acknowledging that my sin is deep and dark and destructive. See, when we acknowledge our own sin and our own ineffectiveness, something's happening within us. Because before that, we don't recognize we need Jesus. But once we start to see our own sinfulness and our own ineffectiveness, then we start to understand that we need Jesus. When that spotlight is directed onto our lives and and, and the sin is, is, is illuminated in ways we never wanted it to be, that's when we know we need Jesus. That's when we know that we're not enough. But by the Spirit of God, we can be saved. So you don't have to do anything good. You don't, you don't have to do something grand for God. Scripture says, believe in Jesus' work. That if you'll stop trying to do your own thing, if you would stop trying to achieve righteousness by your own efforts and trust in Jesus' effort, then 
all will be well. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we, we love you, and we gather to get together today knowing that you are our Savior. Lord, we pray that your Spirit would shine a light into our deceptive imaginations and that you will bring us to forgiveness. Lord, in this time, help us to heal. Lord, every one of us has sin that lingers, that needs to be removed. And every time sin is removed, a wound is left. And Lord, we pray that you would be the balm of healing this morning. Heal us, Father. Redeem us. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.